Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, and today I'm joined by some very special co-hosts. We've got the Node Defender back and joining the podcast once again. We've got Selman Gee, also known as G Investing. Very excited to have you today. And Gonzo the Crypto Goliath is once again returned. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing Elon Musk still holding his crypto bags and calling digital assets another hedge against inflation. Bitcoin liquidity sets an all-time low as stablecoins economy reaches an all-time high. Several traditional financial firms create crypto-focused research teams. And Apple co-founder announces his Bitcoin price targets. Also, a major partner of Amazon, Microsoft, and Google begins supporting crypto-associated businesses. Our show is now available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern time at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So with that being said, I'd love to give everyone a chance to introduce themselves. We'll start off with the Node Defender. Good morning and welcome back, Mario. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon to all of those around the world. It's great to be here. We're, we've got a great panel today. We got some great news as well. It's, it looks like a bullish day in crypto, but let's see what, what we've got coming. Selman will now. He'll be, he'll be the one to tell us. We'll go to Gonzo next. Good morning, Gonzo. Good morning, Abs. Uh, good to be here. It's nice to be here with Selman. I don't think I've been on the show with Selman before, so it's going to be cool. Yes. He's going to share some crypto gems, some technical analysis. With that being said, good morning, Selman. Good morning. And that's true. Uh, totally forgot about that. That's cool. Being here live with Gonzo and with you guys is amazing. Well, I uh, wish you all a good morning, good afternoon, and um, I hope it brings great green um, green numbers this week for all of us. So very excited for the show. Spring is on the horizon and so is the bull market. That's what I like to say. <laughs> so that being said, we'll hop into the fear and greed index. I don't want to spend too much time on it this week. We've been diving into this on a daily basis, but we're still in extreme fear. We've got a 21 showing, and that typically is times when we address the market to see if we should be accumulating. I'll show this chart real quick, and then we'll hop right into the cryptocurrencies. So we're sitting at $1.7 trillion in total market cap with 42% dominance for Bitcoin. We've got Bitcoin sitting just below 39,000 at 38,980. Bitcoin is sitting at 20, I mean, Ethereum sitting at 2,500. XRP at 75 cents. Cardano at 79 cents. And then we'll scroll down to CRO sitting at 37 cents. And for our H bar holders, of course, we'll bring that up because we have a lot of interested participants and we're below that 20% mark. I haven't seen that in quite a while, but I know that there's a lot of great stuff happening in the market, possible times for accumulation, lots of uncertainty, yet the institutions seem to be more bullish than ever. We're going to see statements from Elon Musk, Apple co-founders, We've got Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, all commenting and creating crypto teams. So this is really exciting. I'd love to hear from Selman first. What's going through your mind on this morning? Yeah. Um, so you guys know we have the FOMC meeting tomorrow. Yep. And that's going to be important. I think um, everybody is expecting that. The whole market already priced the news, in my opinion. But tomorrow is essential because uh, uh, among different things, uh, the Fed will announce uh, whether or not they're going to raise interest rates. And there is a very high chance that they will because inflation skyrocketed. And, you know, they have been talking about this for over a year now that they will stop asset purchasing uh, in March 2022. 20, uh, but because of, you know, uh, because of unexpected inflation rate last year, it was always a question of whether or not they will, 
you know, um, do it before March, but they haven't. And right now um, is the time they are starting the meeting today, but tomorrow they're going to announce whether or not they're raising interest rates. And that's, of course, bearish for the markets short term, especially for um, technology companies and, and cryptocurrencies. So um, very excited for tomorrow. Yes, there's a lot of good stuff going on. Gonzo, what sticks out in the market right now? Is anything in particular going through your mind? Um, you know, I, I'm just taking it day by day, taking what the market gives me. Uh, when you look at the prices that you just went over, like HBAR sub uh, 20 cents, we haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Uh, but that just goes, you know, following your investment thesis and your plan. Um, and, you know, when you see the market like we saw in extreme fear, um, this is a good time to dollar cost average, right? These are yes. always good times. Yeah. So just doing that. Yeah. And as I look around, someone brought up a great point about them raising interest rates. And I think right now we're in a similar time to the 1980s when we were getting this massive inflation, housing markets going up 18, 20% per year. Yet during that time, you were getting about a seven or 8% yield rate. And right now I think we're below, I don't even want to say a number. I want to say 2%, but it could be below that. So we do need change there does need to be, this massive inflation needs to be addressed. So with that being said, Mario, any thoughts? Um, I mean, the market is, to me, at least it's, it feels very uncertain. Like it, I think everybody, like the, the people that kind of understand the market sentiment, everybody's kind of waiting to see a direction of where the market's going to go. I mean, we keep hearing this thing of buying the dip, but buying the dip. But really, I think that a lot of people are, are looking for a trend reversal. So whether that be downside or upside, everybody's kind of just waiting. And I mean, we do have that. We do have that meeting tomorrow. It is expected that the Fed will increase interest rates. But um, I don't know. I'm going to be the one to say that, and, and this is probably going to be against all odds, but I don't think they're going to raise the interest rates tomorrow uh, just you because of everything that's going on in the world, which if they don't, that's going to be good, right, for crypto. But that's not the reason why I'm saying it. I, I'm just saying this from the perspective of everything that's going on as far as economy and as far as world events. That's just interesting. My process. So remember, listeners, you heard it here first. The no defender said no raise on the interest rates. But before we kick it to Selman, I know he's going to share his screen. I want to show you guys a tweet that Blockchain Backer put out yesterday where he says, Bitcoin is currently at 38,800. What do you feel is going to happen next? Almost 32,000 people voted on this, and it's fairly split. 45% of people think Bitcoin is going to 25,000. 55% of people are bullish saying it'll go to 51 before that happens. Gonzo, I know you follow this stuff on a daily basis. Does this what sticks out to you here? Do you think retail is too bullish or too bearish? Um, you know, I would. Uh, I think you guys. We talked about it this morning. Uh, the way it's looking right now, and then depending on what the news is, we get tomorrow. I would probably lean towards uh, the lower of that, like going towards twenty five. I don't know if we we'll hit twenty five, but like the low thirties. Uh, uh, but depending on how the market reacts tomorrow to the news, right? Because we know that, that that's what happens in the market, right? People get emotional and then the retail investor um, panic sells, right? So I think it's just important to see taking it day by day, like we talk about and seeing what happens tomorrow with the announcement. Totally. Selman, I know you want to share your screen. So I think this would be a good time to do so. You want to dive into a little bit of technical analysis and kind of explain what's going on right now? Yeah. As you guys know, for the last couple of um, months, actually, we've been in extreme fear and it's not only for crypto, but like imagine uh, even the stock market is still in extreme fear. Yesterday was at 17. So we have a um, slight change here. But still, um, you need to understand the, the last year over the last year, you've seen 
um, whenever we hit that extreme fear level, at some point we've seen the, you know, we've seen risk appetite again. We've seen a nice um, price appreciation, price appreciation again. So basically what I think is short term, we are going to see a relief because um, this is this level is never sustainable. I, you know, I have to uh, mention that, um, but it doesn't mean if there's extreme fear, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, you know, it's going to shoot back up. No, it could mean, you know, it is strategically from a dollar cost averaging perspective, a good time to accumulate a portion, always n never go all in, but then um, also, you know, accumulate when, um, so it, it basically means uh, there could be another dip. That's not the point, but if there's blood on the street, that's the best time to buy. And this is basically what I'm focusing on right now. Of course, check out the Bitcoin uh, sentiment bull and bear index. You can see on social media, people are slowly becoming more bullish on Bitcoin again. It was at the 0 0.2, 0 0.3 level. Now, slowly, people start to talk more about, um, you know, the bullish scenarios. And that's, you know, pretty interesting. That tells me something. But it's still, you know, it's not like a 100% guarantee. Wow, we're going to shoot up right now. But another very important on-chain indicator that I love to use always uh, for, like, uh, the short-term aspect or mid-term aspect is the active address sentiment indicator. We have been um, consolidating above the uh, lower boundary for quite a while now, for a couple days or for a week, let's say. And um, this is an important level in my opinion. So it basically means the market is short-term undervalued. Something's brewing, but strategically the best time to accumulate is always when we cross below the lower boundary. That doesn't mean that's the dip. The trend reversal is coming. Nope. It means just strategically it makes sense to buy a portion here and buy another portion here. And whenever we come closer to the upper boundary, we want to sell. And currently it tells me um, basically, hey, you can start dollar cost averaging, um, but this is not going to, you know, um, stay here for like uh, for always. It, it, at some point it will go up. So this is a beautiful one. And um, another thing that I'd like to mention real quick is and let's talk about this first before i talk about the 10-year treasury yield later the dollar index um, the dollar index on shorter time frames here on the daily you guys can see that we have been forming a double top pattern and it kind of uh, tells us that you know the market tends to pull back here and if the dollar index pulls back we talked about it last week um, we might expect relief in the markets now what does that mean well, if the FOMC meeting tomorrow is bullish for the markets, you will see the dollar index going lower and people buying back uh, into assets. So this is the only thing that I think in you know, short term will uh, benefit Bitcoin and altcoins. But other than that, of course, on the macro perspective, um, you know, I I totally agree with um, uh, what Mario said that uh, the market actually tends to go down to 25K because there has been a lot of money printed in 2020 and 2021. People have been super bullish. And last year in April, we can now confirm was euphoria. And back in April and right very close to the Coinbase listing. And that's it. That money um, was the ultimate reason why uh, all, all asset you know, bubbles have been created. And now they will collect the money. We have the war. We have many, you know, fought. And news coming from everywhere people will slowly start to realize okay it's not always green days uh we are expecting a bearish trend etc 
And slowly it looks like these narratives, these bullish narratives come from these big institutions um, so that they can sell their cryptocurrencies. Selman, and, if I could comment really quick, it's funny that you mentioned that we were in euphoria last April because that's what Waters Above brought up when we had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And he was saying that exactly 12 months after our previous euphoria cycle in 2017 for the altcoins or 2018, exactly 12 months was the bottom of the bear market. So I'm wondering if you think that we're going to have some sort of a similar layout this cycle and what you're anticipating on that end from the altcoins. Yep. Let me show you something real quick. Um, I need to know which one it was. It should be the MVRVZ score. Yep. So whenever we cross, let me zoom out and show you the, the, the green, this is a long-term trend. And whenever, you know, you see this, like this is for long-term investors, a great opportunity to basically see uh, when to buy into all coins, et cetera. Now I'm not a fan of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is my indicator because I don't see a crazy utility for Bitcoin. I'm more like, you know, they're great altcoins. Ethereum, for example, in my opinion, is way better, trillion times better. Yeah. But here's the deal. And the green box basically tells you it's super undervalued and great opportunity to um, buy some Bitcoin. And whenever we hit the red box, it basically tells us there is euphoria. It is time to um, exit. Well, based on the MVRVZ score, for example, you can see that back in February 2008, uh, based, sorry, this was like, uh, I'm saying 2018, sorry. This was uh, February 18th. February uh, 18th, we have seen the peak for many on-chain indicators. And yet we have seen more, um, more, you know, price appreciation. We hit the 65K, right? But uh, we had a huge bearish divergence. The indicator told us, hey, we're pulling back. This is this is bearish, but the price went up. And that was like a perfect scenario telling us basically that it was an end game. But, you know, if you're right at this moment, nobody can really say, um, nope, it's going to go down because the narrative was super bullish in that moment that everybody was trapped. It's super hard not to believe in a bull, bull run when you're in April, right? When you when you see that price appreciation every every month. So this was a clear sign, and there is also the uh, another one that I'd like to show you. The relative um, should be the um, oh yeah, it was the NUPL net unrealized profit loss, and you guys can see basically right here in uh, April um, or let's say February, you see we have the highest peak. So it never really touches the 0.7 mark which is euphoria, it's always in belief and denial. So you never really see euphoria, the blue one. But it was like super high at the moment, super high at the moment in February, but we've seen the massive bearish divergence. Price went up, our indicator went down, but that was like a sign, watch out, we're going lower. And yeah, ever since, we, we don't see any uh, crazy euphoric runs for anything that the Bitcoin pump to 72 uh, what was it again? 68, 70K. That was yep. basically, you know, um, um, like orchestrated. Wasn't really a massive pump. Not all altcoins followed after that. And only just some sectors in the crypto space. So, yeah, euphoria where anything you bought made a 10x easily from pre-sales, whatever, That the, those days are gone for now. And so That's how do you feel about projects? Oh, sorry, Mario, go ahead. No, thank you. I was just going to uh, say to Selman, and I think that's what what a lot of people are kind of confused about is that everybody was expecting this blow off top, right? Where we we see just 
these all these different cryptocurrencies hitting their their like high peak of euphoria where whether it's the the 4.236 fibonacci extension and we saw so many projects including bitcoin i mean bitcoin didn't really go all the way to the top which people were expecting it to be around some 72 to 75,000 so i think that's what kind of leaves that feeling that lingering feeling of we're still supposed to see another move up and we're still supposed to see XRP make a new all-time high. We're still supposed to see XLM make a new all-time high. We're still supposed to see Bitcoin Cash make an all-time high. And I think that's why that why there's still some kind of hope in the market still is because some of those projects have not reached their all-time high. And just like you showed, we didn't really get that high peak in euphoria. I just wanted to add that. Thank you. Yes. Gonzo, did you have a comment? No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, I think it's really exciting because – you know, I remember coming into the space, uh, I wasn't there for the 2017, 2018 bull run, but we had this expectation of how the bull run was supposed to run in these four year cycles. And we've got, we've gotten away from that. You know, we're going to see how it goes later on in the year, but it, it, it's something now that, you know, you have to pay attention to, and it's something that we're doing that's different. And I think it has to do with just how how quickly the um, space has grown, how much money has gone into it and how much diversity we now have, right? Before we just had Bitcoin and then Bitcoin and Ethereum. Now we have all these different alts. And then now in the alts, we have um, DeFi, we have Metaverse. So um, it's exciting. Especially in late November when we were watching projects like Mana and Engine and Decentraland, all of these projects were breaking all-time highs and taking off. And we saw Grayscale, BlackRock, a lot of these major companies we're creating funds centered around their projects. So once we get that price appreciation, it's most likely from institutions. But a lot of people were waiting for other projects like VeChain, XRP, XLM to have the same price appreciation. And they were treating that as an indicator that that's what was on the way. So I can remember in November that everyone was waiting for that alt season to happen in December. And it never came around. So there are a lot of holders still holding the bag. Whether it's projects like VeChain. VeChain's a really exciting project that I don't think we talk enough about. But it did reach a 30 cent all time high back in April, and it's been in a bearish trend ever since. But the utility of that project is so foundational to fixing the supply chain and what's going to happen over these next three to five years that this is just time for accumulation. And that's how I'm treating it. I'd like to get some closing comments from some before I hop into our first article. Yeah. Um, so all I can say is very short term, I'm expecting a relief because this whole thing is not sustainable, of course. Now we're getting some. Um, as far as I know, some bullish um, news, I, I mean, positive news from the Ukrainian conflict that there might be a peace deal very soon. Let's just hope for it, of course. And, and that's ultimately going to reflect the markets as well. Um, that will um, uh, cause a pullback of oil prices for short term, etc. So it's it's going to gonna be um, bullish for, for the whole markets and major indices, of course. So I'm actually short term bullish. But on the major trend, um, if you guys allow me, I would also show another chart here. Um, so basically, if you guys check out the um, like global markets here, the major indices, um, even though like short term, um, we are seeing some good numbers here, green numbers for Dow Jones, NASDAQ and S&P. The problem is we are very, very much like very close to lose the support i mean we're already struggling we are below the uh, very important horizontal support here uh for dow jones and it looks like we are just um you know th th there might be a very good action coming very soon 
Um, but if the momentum gets weaker and weaker, I don't want to think of that for uh, for now. Um, but on the macro, unfortunately, it looks like we're going to go lower. Short term, I feel like we are going to see uh, another leg up. Um, but you guys can see for NASDAQ, for example, still in a falling trend. S&P, the same, lost their important uh, horizontal support levels. And that's going to reflect on Bitcoin. But here's the deal. Um, they are super bearish right now on the macro, whereas Bitcoin is going sideways. This is also telling me something because, sorry guys, I'm I'm taking time to explain this, but here's the deal. That's okay. <laughs> we talked about this. The um, we got a huge accumulation here um, for you know um, number for the wallets, number of wallets holding more than thousand bitcoins. And the ones holding 10,000, it's basically consolidation because we only have 84 wallets right, right now. But the ones holding more than 100 Bitcoins, that number also increased. And that tells me during, sorry guys, this is the real one. So you see that massive explosion here. Yeah. That basically means um, there is an accumulation going on. That sideways action is crazy. And yesterday on the live market update call, we talked about something very significant. The outflow an inflow chart here for all exchanges combined. You see the last uh, four days, the last four days, we've seen a huge amount of Bitcoins uh, getting out of exchanges. And that's going to lower the selling pressure because there is not enough liquidity. And if there is a very little bullish scenario, a great news coming from the Fed or anything, a peace deal, whatever, people will move to move back to Bitcoin very soon. And since there is not enough liquidity in the market, the price will skyrocket. I'm not saying new all-time high. I'm saying it's going to go back to above 40K. And that's going to bring um, relief for many altcoins. And I think, you know, short term, I see some potential. But on the macro, that's a big question. No one can predict. No one can predict uh, the future. Um, we can only go uh, and see if, if anything rhymes with the, with history. Uh, but right now, it looks like, yep, on the macro, we are in a bearish trend, but amazing opportunities for um, long-term accumulation. Yes. And I have another point is that most people are removing Bitcoin from the exchanges and putting them on the cord storage wallets, which is what our first article will be about. So Bitcoin exchange reverse, reserves dropped to, low, to the lowest point in three years. The number of Bitcoin held on exchanges has continued to drop in recent times as the metrics show crypto advocates are pulling off of trading platforms for long-term holdings. So at the time of this writing, 2.3 million Bitcoins worth over $90 billion are held on centralized exchanges, which is a three-year low. So I think that's a great indicator that people are moving off of exchanges. They're not looking to flip and take profits on their Bitcoin. They're looking to hold and wait for that next bull run or price appreciation. And there's a chart here I think is very important to understand. It looks like to me, that a lot of this liquidity is flowing into new hands. It's flowing off the exchanges and into retail investors' hands. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that in the price appreciation. And we're seeing that in the fact that a lot of these exchanges aren't continuing to accumulate. Even though there's low prices, there's just such a, a small amount of liquidity. But Selman, you brought up a great point. So I think this is another good indicator that there could be something big on the horizon. And I'll toss it around the group. We'll start with Gonzo. Does it? What does this indicate to you? Yeah, you know, it's uh, the... Um the law of supply and demand, right? Scarcity. Um, you know, we have an asset that has a hard number that we're only going to have. And when you see it flying off the exchanges like that, and it's going into cold storage, um, you know, 
even though we see what the prices are today, we know that eventually it's going to affect the price and it's going to go up. So it just makes me feel bullish about Bitcoin. Uh, and what I love about the group is that like someone's saying he's not invested in Bitcoin, but when we all come together, we talk about these ideas and some of us are, but we also know that Bitcoin moves the market, right? So we always monitor what Bitcoin does because it's the energy of the market and because all of us are heavily invested in altcoins. If we can see what Bitcoin does, then we could better predict what the alts are going to do. Yes. Mario, any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, I was speaking about before how some of the most experienced people in the market are kind of waiting for this direction that the market's going to take. But then on the other hand, if you just take a long-term approach and you're just, you're, you're, you're not looking to get rich quick, you know, but instead you're, you're taking this investor mindset of just looking at a time, uh, uh, a longer time span of maybe like 10 years, you know, the, I've said this many times. Does it really matter if you're buying in at 38, if you're buying at 35, if you're buying at 40? I mean, of course it does. But in the long-term perspective, because you can't time the market, and, and let's be honest, nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows where the market's going to go. And we can use a lot of tools like Gematria and, uh, and, and we can use you know technical analysis to kind of predict or try to predict where the market's going to go. And we can look at worldwide events. But we know that some of these events almost seem timed. Um, you know, a lot of the chart people, they say, show me a chart and I'll tell you the news. And yep. it, it's, it's so crazy. The correlation between some of the moves that we see happen within, within markets, not just crypto, but you know, stocks as well. Um, and we just see these, these things being timed where, you know, a technical, technical analyst could be like, you know, we're, we're due for a move because you know, we're reaching the end of that triangle. So it's going to go where, you know, either up or down. And then just a news comes out right there and then that takes the market in the direction that it's supposed to go. So that's really hard to navigate. I mean, f for me, especially, I have a hard time just keeping my mind uh, controlled over the sentiment. And uh, I don't want that. It's very toxic. So just take a step back, look at a 10-year approach or five-year approach. Just keep investing. If there's a dip in the market, it, you don't know if it's going to go lower. Nobody knows. So if you feel like you should be buying in, just buy in if you have some money on the side. And then over the long term, you, you should be okay. I mean, you typically are, right? That's why time and space is so important, right? That That's the uh, true and tested um, um, strategy that we know of when you talk to people that have been in, investing, not just in the stock market, but in crypto. If you're consistent and your time and space and you continue to dollar cost average in these projects that you believe in, um, you're going to win. Right. We know that that's the one strategy that always wins is being time and space and being consistent. The most valuable thing is time in the market. I totally agree. Yep. Alan, I couldn't agree more. And another thing that we can look at is what are the big boys doing? Right. Not what are they saying or indicating, but what strategic moves are they making either within the market or in directly correlated sectors that are that are laying the foundation for them to benefit off of this price appreciation? And we can see Elon Musk, one of the biggest names, not only in crypto, but in America, Elon Musk says own physical things when inflation is high, but he's not selling any of his crypto. As a general principle for those looking for advice from this thread, it's generally better to own physical things like a home or stock in companies that you think make good products than dollars when inflation is high. And then he added, I still own and won't sell my Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Doge. So I think that's a good indicator for people that this isn't some short-term trend. Inflation is at an all-time high, and a basket that measures inflation is a total joke. It doesn't take into consideration the housing market. It doesn't take into consideration oil prices. So what are they really measuring in this basket of inflation? You tell me, because nothing that applies to the general retail investor. And we're seeing rates 
at an all-time high rose 7.9% in 12 months from February of 2021 to February of 2022. Inflation's at 8%. The Federal Reserve is supposed to keep inflation below 3% per sure and as close to 1.8% as possible. So a lot of this stuff is just an indicator that we're going into a, an economic situation of hyperinflation, whether it's 20% on the on the balance sheets or 8% on the balance sheets. Retail investors are feeling it. 400 or sorry, $4.50 gas is the average price across America right now. And there's there's these two polarizing sides of the argument, right? Like we should be sustaining ourselves, but we didn't want to do the pipeline. And we also are too reliant on external sources like Russia and China for our supply chain. So they have a lot of power over us as American investors right now. Selman, I know you're overseas, so I'd love to hear some of your comments on this rapid level of inflation and billionaires using crypto as a hedge against that. I mean, um, I totally agree what he's saying. So we are going to see some hard times um, like on the macro. I kind of want to start believing that um, we need to definitely there is no other way. We need to buy assets. We need to go into something that has um, uh, a limited, you know, um, supply and which which is you know cryptocurrencies for example but um all i can say is imagine like the big institutions when they invest in something like blackrock or whatever right uh, if these big investment um firms if they invest in something they invest in like um the blue chip companies right so have you have a for apple for example three trillion dollar market uh market cap or valuation yep. and this is like huge and you wouldn't just, you know, they wouldn't invest in a startup that easily because there is a huge risk. But uh, there is a company that has established. So in this case, people believe that Bitcoin is um, the leading cryptocurrency because it's established, etc. But they don't know that it's the opposite in cryptocurrency. Like, this is my opinion. I think like Bitcoin maxis would kill me right now because I'm saying that. But <laughs> there are like so many cryptocurrencies that have, they are establishing. Some of them um uh, haven't established yet but there is like huge um potential and they are limit there is a limited supply they have great utility humankind can could really benefit from this and you know bitcoin has nothing but you know a totally you know decentralized uh, of course um platform and um that's pretty much it it's a store of value that's it but there are many different cryptocurrencies with like a great technology great utility uh, they are also decentralized, but we don't know who the fo founders of Bitcoin is. That's why it's like decentralized for no now. But maybe it could it could be a super um, uh, super you know risky thing. Um, but it's also store of value, like many 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 cryptocurrencies. That's why majority of people I would say will focus more on altcoins, especially the big institutions. They are not gonna like focus on on uh, Bitcoin that much. And I'm bringing up cryptocurrencies right now because like that's the only thing in my uh, my opinion that has like um that it has a limited supply but also great utilities in the future like we know gold we know um the utility of gold and we know where we can use gold and no doubts gold is amazing but we also know there is limited utility for it but if you check out cryptocurrencies it's a software that you're investing in and it's, it's unbelievable what you can do. And I think we are entering an era where software is going to play a way more important role than it has in the past the decades. That's why I would say, you know, my portfolio is definitely the majority of my money goes into cryptocurrencies also in the next uh, next years for sure. That's and great. What you're and saying, you guys, 
If you're enjoying this content, please smash that like button. And if you want access to Selman, Mario, Gonzo, the best place to do that is in the 3T Warrior Academy where we're a mindset first community. It's a community of like-minded individuals figuring out how to navigate this market correctly and building that infrastructure of support. We all rely on one another, right? If Gonzo's having a bad day, he goes to the Mighty Networks and he can find me there and I'll be there for him. So that's what this community is all about. With that being said, I'd love to go to Mario next. Yeah, thanks, Abs. I was just going to add to what uh, Selman was saying. You know, the, the the whole world is moving. I mean, it's been moving in in this technology-driven direction for, for a while. And we see a lot of industries, for example, like the car industry it used to be the automobile industry. But look at companies like Tesla. What are they? They're essentially a technology company. They're not a car manufacturer. They're a software technology company. So it's no doubt that blockchain is coming to revolutionize. I mean, can we start getting cars uh, you know, self-driving cars that it, it everything is being controlled through the blockchain. You know, the blockchain knows where each each direction the car is going to take. I mean, the I think the the possibilities kind of become limitless with with the blockchain, and it's just a matter of time until the technology evolves and until the technology matures, until markets worldwide mature and start adopting the technology more. We're seeing a lot of uh, places around the world like Dubai recently, they've just become so aggressive with it, with being friendly towards blockchain. And it's good to see a nation take that first step because I feel like just that's just going to be that's just going to be that first door that opens. And then all the other countries that don't want to get fault, you know, they don't want to get left behind. Um, they're just going to have to go and, and adopt it, too. And that's why we're seeing a lot of U.S. senators and, and U.S. regulation all of a sudden just kind of be like, hey, no, you know what? We don't want to be left behind. We want to, we want to be part of this crypto um, infrastructure, you know, whatever it is that it's happening, revolution, however you want to call it. Yeah, just wanted to add that. Yeah, and if we don't adopt this technology, Japan, China, um, a bunch of European countries will, and that's what happened in the UK. I mean, they tried to outlaw the crypto ATMs, and they were going to put some litigation in the bill to outlaw proof of work. And they said, if we do this, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. We're going to be left behind. Gonzo, can I hear some comments? Yeah, you know, we were talking about inflation before and, uh, you know, food's going up. I was talking to the group yesterday, gas over here in California, it was $6.69 a gallon. You wow. Know, uh, it's it's huge. So when we talk about like assets, again, I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist, but, you know, Bitcoin came out of the last financial crisis in 2008. That's where it came from, right? That's what it was built for. But I agree with Selman. There are so many other cryptocurrencies that you can get into that are assets to help hedge against inflation. Um, but it's about, I think what the article talks about is just holding hard assets. So it's whatever you believe in and whatever helps you sleep at night that you invest in, whether that's the stock market, whether that's cryptocurrencies, whether that's gold, whether that's property, everybody's different. But I think what the point is, 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 is that you need to have assets, right? And whatever that is. We, we believe in cryptocurrency and what value that has. And I think that's what mostly we invest in. And I think there's people in the academy that also like invest in gold and stuff like that. But it's all about having, uh, having assets. And they qualify. The Federal Reserve qualifies hyperinflation as anything above 15%, which is ridiculous because 15% is a huge number. And we saw it in Japan during the 1990s when that just totally collapsed their entire society because they experienced those rapid levels of inflation but one of the first things to go is, is the value of weaker currencies. And that's what Elon says here. Or sorry, this is a quote from Michael Saylor. I'd like to give a shout out to Johnny Crypto, huge Michael Saylor advocate. But he says, weaker currencies will collapse. The flight of capital from, from cash to debt to value stocks are scarce property like Bitcoin will intensify. He's basically saying 
everything besides Bitcoin is losing value while Bitcoin is the hedge against all other assets. So I'll, I, we can get some closing comments. We'll go to Selman here. I mean, um, I truly believe that like cryptocurrencies solve a huge problem and I'm not a huge Bitcoin fan. You guys know that, but Bitcoin is an established cryptocurrency. It's a pioneer. That's why institutions believe in it. It, it, it has a way less volatility than other cryptocurrencies, even though Bitcoin itself is like super volatile uh, these days, for example. And, and um, I mean, yep, when you see what's happening in the market and, and, and you know, Bitcoin having a limited supply, it is absolutely, you know, um, fair to say, and I like, agree with him, that um, it is a great hatch against inflation. Uh, long term, of course, if you just zoom out and see, there is like a huge, um, like a huge difference uh, compared to other assets. But here's the deal. At some point, um, utility will outperform Bitcoin. And and I see I feel like utility of other cryptocurrencies will outperform Bitcoin. Bitcoin might have a market cap of a trillion or two trillion in the future, maybe. But uh, the total market cap in general will be like five trillion 10 trillion at some point but the altcoins will lead the markets like bitcoin will be there like just like gold and with a huge total market cap with in only one asset but imagine there are so many technology companies tesla apple all of them uh, and all their market caps combined will of course like is way more than uh gold the gold market for example and i truly believe the altcoins will have a huge share um of that cake at some point and and i feel like great hatch against inflation because of limited supply scarcity all of that combined and utility i think software is is here to stay and definitely um a major part of my portfolio yep and we have a lot of billionaires and major financial influencers coming out and backing this stuff in the last couple of months gonzo did you have a comment before our next article i was just gonna say i said this yesterday right I I think more than a hedge against inflation, it's a hedge against government doing stupid shit, right? I think I borrowed <laughs> that one from Arcane Bear. I love that. It's hilarious yeah. and it resonated with me, right? It's a hedge against the government doing stupid shit. And we know that the government loves to do stupid shit. Yep. Yep. That's one thing that's for sure. So we got another massive billionaire, a very handsome guy, as you guys will be able to tell. Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak expects Bitcoin to hit $100,000 and said, I really just feel it from all the interest. He doesn't go into anything, any any real financial reasons why he thinks this is going to happen. He just sees so much interest from the general markets and retail investors demanding access to this technology through financial institutions that this is inevitable. And honestly, a hundred thousand dollar price target, as crazy as it may sound, we were sitting at seventy thousand in November, sixty nine k in November. So the more institutional adopting we get, the higher the price is going to go. The higher floors will be created. I don't want to spend too much time on this article because he doesn't say anything too substance filled here. But it is an interesting price target of a six-figure price target. Um, Selman, I'd love to hear some of your comments, and then we'll hop right into the next one. Um, it's it's very tough to say because we've seen it when when there was euphoria, when there was extreme greed. We've seen these kind of uh, comments or news all the time, and basically what that means is they want to create that bullish narrative. So you buy and so you basically purchase their backs, and they're dumping on people. So they want, excuse my language, the dump money to enter. But this time, you know, we're talking about how the markets are very volatile. We see a bearish trend. Now, it, it it's, in my opinion, still um, a sign that, you know, 
they want people to buy in right now. Probably they bought very cheap right now, like at the 30s. And, and now they want it to go climb back up to 50, 60, whatever, so that they can dump on people. So uh, there was also another news event saying that, you know, um, Bitcoin is you know, like from a major news uh, media saying that Bitcoin will now like go to like around 50K or whatever. Actually, when that happens, um, I feel like, okay, there is not enough blood on the street and they, they want to like sell um, their backs and, and um, could cause, you know, even um, more like a selling pressure very soon. So um, that's why whenever a big guy like that, a very, uh, like um, I would say a celebrity or whatever talks about that or an institution, I want to do the opposite. Um, not always, not always because, you know, um, even JV taught us that, right? So sometimes you really want to copy what they're doing, but sometimes um, or most of the time when they say that, you want to do the opposite. You want to do what they're doing and not what they're saying. That's always the quote, right? So uh, when they talk about that long term, I truly believe, yes, money will flow in that, especially when we ha still have a system where they're printing money. It's inevitable. It will happen. But is it going to happen like very soon or this year? That's a big question because I like to share my screen one last time. I want to show you something very valuable. And this is the 10-year treasury yield. In the past, whenever we hit that trend line here, the bubble burst. And, and what we saw is all asset bubbles crashed. And uh, last time was basically in August 2018. And a couple of months later, we've seen, or let's say two, three months later, we've seen like the whole market's crashing, right? And currently... Currently, what we're seeing right now, especially when we go to the weekly time frame, you guys can see we are approaching that level. We have this massive inverse head and shoulders and, and with a beautiful pullback. And we talked about that on our Zoom calls, live market update calls. Um, in, Wait, uh, Selman, can you reiterate what is this indicating to you? This is bearish? Yeah, this is basically telling me um, we could expect short-term uh, relief like in January um, or – when was it? It was in December, January. We said that there might be, you know, an alt, alt season again, like the very yep. short term local alt season by local. I mean, some sectors will boom, not all, but uh, it could be the NFT market, whatever. But we will see some relief. But once we hit the level here, 2.7, 2.8% for the treasury yield, that's a bearish uh, update. It basically means the bubble will burst. Well, in the past, basically in 2018, what has happened was, we have been in a bear market, but then when we hit that level, the Fed was uh, forced to um, raise interest rates. And what happened? Boom. The markets crashed. And yep. the same could happen again. They, they, they can't do, but for, you know they're forced to do something right now. The inflation is super high. Bond market is bullish. So what they're going to do is they will raise interest rates. So on the bigger picture, even if we are now in a bear market, it could get even worse. And guys, don't forget... Every single time, I need to repeat that. Every single time, I, I talk to people they uh, who invested in Bitcoin back in 2013. They said every time it was the same. They said this bear market is not going to be the same. This time it's different. But it has always been the same. So this is a very speculative um, market. And there are so many VCs involved in this bull run. Uh, like crazy, like people, experts from, uh, you know, who were invested in 2016, 15 or whatever, they said, we have a huge increase of, of venture capitals here in the market uh, in this bull run. 
and they're dumping. Whenever their coins get unlocked, they're dumping. And I'll show you one, uh, one chart here. This is a coin I invested in the pre-sale. And guess what? They have always been selling. Their coins have been unlocked nonstop. And just two days ago, their coins have been unlocked again in a huge price drop here from $0.08 cents dropped to $0.04 cents now, 50%. And that's only the beginning. These guys invested when yep. it was a penny maybe. And each time th their coins getting unlocked, they dump on people because they, they are already in profits and they can't uh, hodl. It, it's just too risky for them. Yeah. So and Selman, like if you go to the previous chart you had pulled up, you can say, show me. it's like Mario said, show me the chart, I'll show you the news. And you're saying that, we're basically going into a point where we need that relief and we're ready for the news narrative that's going to assist that in, in taking place. But I want to keep the ball rolling just so we have enough time to hop into the rest of our articles. Our next article is going to be the dedicated crypto teams are booming with traditional financial firms. We're seeing people like Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, State Street, and now we've got a $600 billion company in Japan adopting crypto teams and starting, starting to study this technology so they can get their hands in it. Everyone wants their peace, guys. We're going to bring you the most relevant information. And these institutions starting to adopt this stuff is the number one indicator that these markets are here to stay. And we're going to be here for the long term. Gonzo, can you please give me some of your comments? This is huge. I want to emphasize this. A $600 billion company, $600 billion assets under management is moving into the digital space. And it's not in America. It's in Japan. Gonzo, I'll kick it to you. Yeah, that just goes to show that, uh, you know, that whole narrative uh, that, you know, cryptocurrency is going to go away or it's going to zero. That's not happening. When you see companies like this that invest that amount of money and they're putting teams together uh, and their whole sole dedication is going to be to study cryptocurrency and then bring them up to speed. Um, this is why we, um, why we're invested in the space, right? For the, for the price appreciation. Uh, but this is just, I'm, it makes me super bullish, right? On all the crypto because um, we always talk about this, follow the money, right? And so when they put this much money into it, it's not going to fail. No yep. way. Totally. And we saw Bank of America established a team of focused on crypto and digital asset strategy specifically. We've got a market that's $2 trillion and we've got 200 million users worldwide, guys. That's just below 3%. Johnny Crypto is always reiterating this. We're, we're an infant right now. We're a two-year-old. We're still growing and the people who are buying in and have diamond hands know what they hold and don't get frayed by narratives. They're going to benefit in the long term, guys. 2025 is right around the corner. And it's easier said than done. But when I entered this market in 2020, 2022 seemed like a long ways away. I mean, that was before the Ripple lawsuit. That was before this massive price appreciation. There was tons of speculation. First Bitcoin I bought was $9,000. And at the time, everyone said, you're an idiot. So I'm not a huge Bitcoin advocate. I'm not an advocate of proof of work. But I do invest in these fundamental cryptos like XRP, XLM, HBAR, Quant, Ethereum, all of these things that have real utility, whether it's smart contracts or use cases. The node defender knows that very well, so I'll kick it to him. Yeah, definitely. Time in the market just kind of tells you everything. And, and really, we have to step out and just look at it from a perspective. Like Wozniak said, you know, Bitcoin to 100,000. I think that's I think that it's going to happen 100%. It's, just, it's not a matter of is it going to happen? Is it's when it's going to happen? Like you just mentioned, you know, two to three percent of the world is invested in crypto, right? Imagine when five percent of the world is invested in crypto. Imagine when ten percent of the world is invested in crypto. The market is still so early that the up the the up potential, you know, the growth is is so high. So really, just 
investing in in all these cryptocurrencies, these projects that you believe in, you've done your research. And I, you know, I've been saying this a lot on Twitter because a lot of the people, because of, because of price action, are starting to get flooded out. They're questioning all these different influencers that have been talking about these projects. And now they're like, oh, you're not saying anything because the prices are going down. But really, you have to do your own research. Just because of price action, it should not change your sentiment on what you've invested in. Because if you've done your research right, then you know that what they're building has a utility, has a use case, has a future. So you shouldn't be invested just because recently there's been a 50% retrace. That's crypto. It happens on a daily basis. So really just do your research. I can't say that enough. And for all, to all those people that have been asking for opportunities to invest in some of these projects, here's the opportunity. Now you have two choices. You know, life presents you with doors all the time, but you have to open the door. If you don't open the door, you don't know what's, what's on the other side. So don't be afraid of opening that door. Totally. And this is just the, they're just building out the financial system that the internet needs, right? We created the internet. Now we need the financial system to work together with the internet. And I'm going to kick it to Gonzo. I just want to read one last quote where it says venture capital related digital asset blockchain investments reached $17 billion during quarter one and quarter two of 2021. During all of 2020, they only did $5.5 billion. So in just two quarters, they did 17 billion. So you're seeing the adoption take place and they're not even hiding it. Gonzo, I'll kick it to you. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, it just goes to show, like I said, I wasn't around for the previous bull run, but we get this question a lot in the academy. Like, do you feel it's too late? Do you feel it's too late? And it just goes to show how early we really are. But as human beings, it's that emotion, like the, that's that FOMO that starts to build in. Like, oh, I, I missed out. Like when I hear you talk about Bitcoin that you had it at 9,000 and you look at the prices now, everybody's like, oh man, I wish I would have been there. But that just goes to show that you have to be present like Mario talks about. You need to do your research, but we are so, so early. So do your research. And then in days like this or times like this where the market is working, uh, moving sideways, these are the times that you start to invest in these projects. Uh, and you start to see these price points that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. And it goes back to the original point in that what we talk about in the academy is having an investment thesis, having a plan, and then executing that plan. That's so, so important so that you're not guessing, so that um, you know, you're not just throwing money at things and guessing and then losing your money. Having a plan um, that, and then being in the space for long enough, that's always going to win out. And it's funny because last week we commented on the CEO of Visa saying he wasn't sure what problem crypto was solving. And then we have articles like this where Visa is looking to hire college students to develop in-house crypto talent. They're basically creating programs so people who are undergrads and college students just out of school are going to be able to learn about the industry within their company and grow those things organically. They're planning on creating several programs. They don't get too specific here, but they're going to be focused on DeFi, NFT, stablecoins, and CBDCs which is what we talk about in the show on a daily basis. So to see these companies like Visa, MasterCard, Bank of America, massive financial institutions publicly saying they're moving into these things, it is what it is. It's the future of currency and it's the future of global finance. Summon, do you have any comments? Yeah, all I can say is on LinkedIn, for example, or basically if you just uh, do research on Google, you'll see that um, there is a huge, um, huge number and huge demand uh, for um uh, for you know blockchain developers for people who can at least you know use solidity the language uh for smart contracts for example on ethereum blockchain or other blockchains so there is a huge demand for that and um there are so many opportunities if there's someone out there right now who um who doesn't um you know love his her job 
uh, I would highly recommend to check out, you know, the blockchain space. There is so much demand. You'll, uh, I can guarantee you there is a 99% chance that you will get hired. If you have the qualification immediately, you'll get hired because um, there is just not enough people right now. And, and but the opportunities are endless right now in the space. Totally agree. And I, I, we have a lot of positive comments. So I want to give a shout out to everyone listening. Thank you for joining us today. And if you're enjoying this conversation and you're looking for these guys, the best place to find them is the 3T Warrior Academy. Selman does beautiful technical analysis. We're not getting that total in-depth feel that we do in the Academy. And I know he's got some killer stuff. So if you're enjoying this content, smash the like button and show that support. We really appreciate you guys. And with that being said, I'm going to go right into our next article where Stripe brings back crypto support after four years and says that crypto is going mainstream. Now, a lot of people may say, well, who's Stripe? Well, according to their website, millions of companies over a hundred or sorry, millions of companies over 120 countries use Stripe to start, run and scale their businesses, including Amazon, Google, Shopify, Microsoft, Spotify, Uber, and the NASDAQ. These are the biggest tech companies on the planet. And now they're having this, this vehicle, which will allow them to start using crypto and accepting crypto in their own companies by facilitating those payments. This is huge, guys. Another massive update for people having an opportunity to use cryptocurrency for real-world use cases. Mario, I'd like to go to you first. Can you kind of explain what this means and, and how this is going to affect people like us? Definitely. And before before I move on to that, I just wanted to add to our conversation before that. You know, in the days that we're, that we're living right now, at the speed of information, we can see all these all, all, all the moves that the big guys are making, whether it's like uh, Salman mentioned, you know, jobs on LinkedIn and stuff. So those are the kind of things that you need to grasp on and stay fundamental. You know, you're seeing these big investors just invest in blockchain constantly. You're seeing jobs being advertised. You're, you're seeing like the, the visa news. And then we've got companies like Stripe that facilitate merchant processing payments. And they're basically saying, hey, guys, we can now facilitate your payments uh, for crypto companies. So we people that are in the crypto space, people that set up companies in the crypto space, I'm sure they know how difficult it is to open up a bank account. So the same difficulty into getting uh, of getting into a bank account applies for you. Let's say that you have, um, I don't know, some, any crypto related company, whether it's an investment firm and you're trying to accept payments from your clients through a, through the credit card or debit card. I mean, you need a merchant processor to do that. So Stripe is basically saying, hey, we're taking on clients that are working or that are operating within the crypto space. So that's that's big. That's just going to open the door for more uh, companies to accept crypto. It's going to open the door. I, I really hope that banks start being a little bit more lenient and, and accepting crypto companies. I feel that that's going to come obviously at the same time with regulation. I really think that the banks are just scared. You know, they don't want to accept crypto companies because they don't know how how, how to regulate them, you know, and I, this is really good news. Yeah, I, it's positive for crypto. I love this quote too. It says, from new developments in blockchain infrastructure to widespread interest from major financial institutions, crypto is going mainstream. So it's exactly what we talked mm -hmm. about. They're looking at the big boys just like we are and saying, retail's demanding access to this technology and they're willing to give it to them. So we're going to be ahead of the ball here. Gonzo, I'd love to go to you next. Yeah, you know, they definitely were, Stripe was ahead of their time. I think they came out in 2014 and then uh, eventually, because of the blockchain, I'm sorry, uh, the Bitcoin block size, they went away in like April of 2018. And that just goes to show the space that they were so ahead of their time and um, they knew where they wanted to go. And now that they have that ability to now come back. But it, I think it's super bullish for the for the cryptocurrency because it opens it up. It's another onboarding thing to where it opens it up 
for other people because now businesses can take cryptocurrency as payment and then other businesses can kind of see that and say, oh, what's that? And then look into it and then it kind of takes you down that rabbit hole. But yeah, it's super bullish for the whole space. And what's the most bullish economy on the planet right now? The internet. And that's basically what they're saying is they're going to use this to continue to grow the GDP of the internet. We are working to give crypto businesses access to today's global financial infrastructure. And they started off by partnering with FTX and blockchain.com to give their users access to this stuff. Someone, I'm sure you've got some great comments, so I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I mean, if you see crypto.com or Binance, you, you can actually get a, a Visa card. And that's amazing. Like you can... Um, um, sell use your cryptos for for any uh, purchase online and, or you know uh, at your local store and imagine when stripe does offers that for ftx ftx will most likely bring their own um, visa card out uh, or whatever uh, stripe card um, and all exchanges will do that and slowly you see how you you're not going to be um dependent on your bank directly so you're not running to a bank still these these um, exchanges are working with a, a bank, but it's like a third party in this case. So uh, you, you just, your, um, your uh, partner is basically the exchange. So it's pretty convenient. You can use your Tether, you can use your USDC or any other crypto asset to uh, pay your bills or, or you know, buy an ice cream, whatever. So that's so cool. And the, the bull, most bullish thing, uh, the news is actually buying NFTs with, a Stripe, you know, account. This is amazing. If you're able to buy NFTs with your credit card, think of it, how many people will join? Even boomers uh, who don't understand how to use MetaMask better, but want to buy it. Shout out to Johnny stuff. Crypto, also known as the boomer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Johnny. We love you. <laughs> and, and, you know, in general, like anyone, anyone can now purchase, or let's say imagine a little uh, kid, like a 12-year-old kid, wants to buy this NFT of his favorite YouTuber, but... Um, they don't. They don't have a credit card, or you know, they don't know how to use a MetaMask. Um, but but imagine like they're asking their parents, and uh, it's just too difficult for them to set up a MetaMask account. Maybe they can just use their uh, credit card for Christmas. This is amazing. So, so much easier. Great news. Yeah, it really normalizes it. it. It really normalizes it for the the regular person. It, it normalizes crypto, and then just makes it so much easier for them to use it as a payment method and get used to it. It's huge. And Johnny, Johnny Crypto actually commented something fantastic. He said 18,000 companies are now accepting crypto and that's growing. He's right. And that's just an indication of how early we are. 18,000 companies get ready for that to be six, seven figures. Pretty soon, the whole financial system is going to be incorporating these things. And it's just about which ones will survive. I'd love to end this podcast with a fun conversation from the Dark Defender where we've got some XRP price chart analysis. So I'd like for someone to lead the conversation just in the beginning. These are some interesting price targets. Now, he said the key levels of support are 78 cents, 70 cents, and 61 cents. And we've got an 85 cent resistance, a dollar six, dollar 26, and a dollar 75. If we break that $2.20 mark, we're going to $13. Now, do I believe that? No. But I think this is a fun conversation to have. And I do think that these levels of support do apply. Salman, how do you feel about these price targets being a technical analysis guy? Yeah, the first thing I can say is um, it's very hard to predict these levels right now. Of course, these uh, support and resistance levels are based off of uh, previous uh, resistance and support levels. And of course, Fibonacci can be also added to that. But here's the deal. Um, most of these, um, I'm not saying this one, but in general, most of these tweets basically just hype up the, the community. People, you know, uh, they are selling hope to people. And this is great marketing. So uh, right now, all I can say is 
I really don't care about uh, price appreciation for XRP or for any other altcoins because on for Bitcoin on the a year yearly moving average we are definitely below which is a crazy sign of get you know get a portion right now buy into uh buy into bitcoin this is like um just like buying um bitcoin or altcoins in 2019 2020 um even though it's super high people think oh no it's not a good time it, it's going to drop to 25 you don't know maybe it's going to drop to 27 and then uh, go back up again but from a, if you zoom out, you see it's a great buying opportunity. Everybody waited for a wealth, uh, you know, for uh, for a bear market, and this is the bear market you are waiting for. And um, trust me, it, it's it's not cool to to be in a bear market, but you wished for it back in April. Yeah. You said, "Damn, I w- if if I had the chance, I would just go and buy into." Um, buy like sell my house sell my wife anything to get into uh bitcoin in 2020 <laughs> right and imagine um right now like people are super scared but this is 2020 march think of that yeah that's human nature 100%. right guys like uh, when it starts to go up uh, people look at it and they say oh it's too expensive and then it crashes and when it's time to buy they look at it and say oh it, it might go to zero Right. So that's human nature. That's the emotion in the market. And that's why you got to take the emotion out of it. And you have to learn from your mistakes. I can honestly say that I was in the market 2017. I experienced a 10x gain, which I didn't cash out. So I experienced a 10x to the downside. And my biggest thing and the biggest mistake that I made was just not staying consistent with my investment through 2018, 2019. And again, Going back to that conversation we had initially, if if you zoom out, would it matter if you bought Bitcoin at ten thousand, at eight thousand, at six thousand, three thousand? You know, on the way down, would yep. it have mattered at this point where we're sitting at thirty eight, thirty nine, forty? It wouldn't. So that's that's my mistake, and I learned that lesson, and I'm not doing it again. Completely agree, Mario. The most important thing is executing your price targets. It's always easy to convince yourself to buy, especially when you have extra liquidity. But telling yourself these are the appropriate times to take profit. Those are the most difficult conversations to have internally. And I can promise you one thing. If XRP does go to 2, 10, 15, whatever the number is, there's going to be a regression afterwards. There's going to be a release of that tension. and There'll be another opportunity to accumulate. So you have to execute those price targets, whether it's $5, $10, or anything in between. So with that being said, I'd love to say thank you to Selman, Gonzo, and Mario for joining us today. This has been great. I can't wait to have you guys on again. And I know we'll be doing a ton of content together. If you guys enjoyed this content, please smash that like button because we love making it for you. And I know I want to give another shout out to the boomer, Johnny Crypto. I'll throw that chirp out there one last time. And we'll close this out the same way that we always do. Warriors, rise. Rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. And we love you, Johnny.